Hello, welcome to another episode of The Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is... Ryan. Glenn. And John. So, uh, what you got, fellas? People are obsessed with uh, the Dos Equis sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Corona. The other one. I don't always drink beer, but when I do... Apparently, if you go to Walmart, all the hand sanitizer is sold out. And all the toilet paper is going in. So did you see that? I think it's mostly happening That's some in... That's shit. It's happening in Australia a lot, and it's like... It's basically... Japan, too. Somebody went in and bought a whole bunch of toilet paper to, like, stockpile, and other people have just seen people buying all this toilet paper, so they all feel like they need to buy why toilet paper. Why are you paper, doing that? And now they're running out of toilet paper everywhere. It's like, it's... You see, this is why we got to come up with the three seashells. That's right. And then, if you remember in Demolition Man, when they would go to High Five, they wouldn't touch and just... Yeah. Kind of, That's that all... You yeah. see? Just look to Demolition Man. Yeah. All, that, would, all, that would solve everybody's boggle right there. <laughs> Why don't you just shove a leash up my ass? <laughs> that would be very uncomfortable. I like when he wanted toilet paper, so he just cursed out the little machine and I gave him enough to go like to, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Go watch Demolition Man. Yeah. <laughs> Turn into a, a plug for a movie <laughs> from the 90s. Yep. There we are. That's what we do here. Yeah. In the future, our restaurants are Taco Bell. Which we almost had Taco Bell tonight. Um, um, what we're gonna do it next week? Yeah, but yeah. In, instead, we had a delicious pasta dish made by Sandra. It was she, she she overmade, so she she yeah. sent it to to her brothers. It was uh, some some unstuffed shells, which were very delicious, and some some beef. And, and so you have some sausage and some beef. Some some mozzarella. Yeah, with um, some basil, some basil. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Sandra. Maybe she should be the villager this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, she should for feeding us. <laughs> Absolutely. Feeding the masses. <laughs> um, but to, to the reason why we were going to do Taco Bell was uh, I discovered this thing. They have uh, party nachos, mm-hmm. and it's 18 inches of nachos. Now, when I first saw this, it was Mardi Gras Day, and we were looking for something to get. We were lazy about the house, and, and, and I told Heather, yeah, I was like, let's order some Taco Bell. And I look at the thing, I'm like, oh, they got 18 inches of nachos. And all I thought in my head is, that's pretty big. I didn't really get the, the scale, right? She's like, oh yeah, let's do that. And I'm like, let's order some some uh, some backup tacos in case. So I had some a couple tacos. The guy came to deliver it, and I go open the door, and he hands it to me. I'm like, what the what? And I turn around and I show her, and she her eyes got very big. And so we we posted a picture and got a lot of buzz because of it. Yeah, let me. Let, <laughs> you customized it. That's why I well, didn't here, recognize. So here's it. here's the thing. So we did that, but we got another one recently because we kept thinking of it, and we posted a picture of that one. And everybody went nuts. Like, where did you get this from? I'm like, it's fucking Taco Bell. The thing is that we did customize it. She had the bright idea of adding fries to it. I saw on the thing you can you can add fries. You can also add Fritos to it. Yeah. I think I'd skip the Fritos. Yeah. Well, I might give it some texture. Some crunch. I don't know, but adding the fries to it and whatever else y'all added, it didn't. It made it look like it was from a restaurant. Yeah, we added extra sour cream and the shredded cheese along with the nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. It was. It's delicious. It's the only Taco Bell item that is legally required to have a sodium warning, because it's yeah. But if you ate one by yourself, it's way more sodium than a human being should have. So you go into a coma. And it's two thousand calories. Wow. So should we do like a, an eating challenge, or we each try to eat one of them? I mean, you, you're well, you're gonna win that challenge. Should <laughs> I get four of them? <laughs> yeah, we, we, I mean, uh, I'm down to try and see who, who would win. We eat it all. Yeah, this is like the- <laughs> we end with something I'm never eating again. <laughs> this is a bogus idea. <laughs> I, I'm a Taco yeah. Bell has hurt my heart, man. They got rid of the, the Mexi melts. They got rid of double decker tacos, which was my go-to because double decker tacos ensure that you'll never have a broken hard shell because it's protected by the beans and the soft 
shell. They, have, they still have the cheesy gordita crunch, which is similar. Yeah, so but it's, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's like a thick soft shell. So you appreciate that particular item because of the engineering more yes, than anything else. Yes, exactly, and it's gone now. I, don't I bet know. you if you asked, they'd still make no, it. No, they don't. I asked them. I was like, y'all still have double-decker tigers? Like, no. They, they were upset about it, too. Well, they, did they, you say, well, can you please make me one? I, I didn't. I didn't push the envelope. I mean, they're Taco Bell employees. I mean, I mean, what if if you bought a a, a bean burrito and a regular taco? Said, so can you put these together for me? I guess I could just do it myself. <laughs> you, should, you should blow their minds and just go extra Bell beefer. The Mexi Melt was another thing I liked. It was a, it was cheap and it was really good. And that was always Karen's go to thing. And she well, was another, devastated when it was another good. reason why it was so good was because they always had to melt the cheese and everything, so it was always piping hot. Yeah. So it was always the one thing that they had to make fresh. I really like the quesarito. Yeah, that's pretty good. Remember the Anchoritos? <laughs> Let's not forget the grill stuff. They still have that. Uh, yeah, yeah, much. They're, they're, those are good. Remember when the grande meals used to be like really like grande? It was a massive oh, okay, it's now, it's just It's just 12 tacos now. Yeah, and they've... I guess you can add shit, but yeah, it's now a 12 well, there's taco a, There's pack. a grande meal, which is 10 tacos, and there's a taco 12 pack, which... Oh. The price difference between a grande meal and a taco 12 pack is negligible. So, yeah, just get the 12 pack. Yeah, I got the 12-pack uh, like a week ago for me and the kids. My oldest son ate half of the goddamn taco pack. I mean... Theo Huxle. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the circus burgers? Like four burgers in five seconds. I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they so, have roofies um, in them. <laughs> I want to talk about something. Um, we got to get rid of daylight savings time. Oh, yeah. Um earlier like <laughs> you've been you've been feeling it too well yeah i mean well my job entails me to get up at two o'clock in the morning so literally on the day of daylight savings time like the hour of 2 a.m doesn't appear for me <laughs> so i had to set my alarm at one o'clock in the morning to get up it, it was horrible actually that was the day before yesterday today on the day we're recording if it's the second the day after daylight and it feel i feel worse um i took a nap when i got home and i told greg earlier like like I was I woke up like ten minutes before he got here, like because it was still daylight outside. We got to stop this shit. It's, it, I I agree that we need to stop it, but honestly, the way the time is right now, that's how I like it. That's fine. Just yeah. stop going but back yeah, and forth. I like it being yeah. being daylight longer in the evening. Yeah. The reason why it was done was to supposedly to help farmers the have farmers. more daylight, but like they say, it's bad because it confuses the livestock. Always been a friend of the farmer. <laughs> it just there's no purpose for it. No. We need to stop. Yeah, um, <laughs> we need to stop. Any need... any presidential candidate that says that they will stop daylight savings, think... they might win on that. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Trump could be in trouble if one of the Democrats yeah. starts talking <laughs> about Bernie daylight savings. Sanders. Beautiful stopping of daylight savings. <laughs> Imagine Bernie Sanders. All right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna end daylight savings. <laughs> it's gonna stop. Is it just me, or have y'all gotten to the point where, like, when somebody says the name Bernie Sanders, I can't even picture I his face anymore. David. I just picture Larry, Larry David. Right. I do think it would be funny, though, if Trump was the one who came up with the stopping of daylight savings time because it would actually be a good idea and he would be so ecstatically happy to present it. Yeah. It's going to be tremendous. Everybody's going to sleep great. The, the biggest <laughs> thing ever announced. <laughs> People are not going to be tired anymore. We're tired of it. We're sick of it. It's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to make bedtime great again. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, oh. if you're listening, make it happen for yeah, us. I'm, I'm sure he's fucking listening to our show. He's got nothing better to do. He's got Pence he's, working on the coronavirus. Yeah, he's right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> he's eating KFC with a knife before. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Uh, so we've got some stuff to discuss with you folks. 
including so this is the thing. All I know is that by looking at I know nothing about this other than every time you guys bring this up, there's a look of horror that comes over your face. Oh, so we're going right into that, huh? We're going right into that. Gabriel Hernandez. Fernandez. Fernandez. Okay. Hernandez is the, the murderer. Gotcha. All right. Um so I saw you know, Netflix has just become, you know, their binge docuseries. It's like their thing. I mean, they do it better than anybody. It started with Making a Murderer, The Keepers. It's kind of like, it's the, what if the the ID channel was like... I was about to say channel? the same thing. Yeah, they, they've, they found a little niche with these docuseries, and it just they, they sweep through social media like crazy. Yeah, docuseries and Stranger Things. That's, yeah. That's, so yeah. I was flipping through it's Facebook the other day, stuff. and I saw uh, a, a buddy of mine posted something about... Watching the, the trials of Gabriel Fernandez on Netflix, and he said that after you watch this, you're going to be hurt, upset, and angry. And I saw one woman put a comment and said, you know, I put it on for like 10 or 15 minutes, and I had to turn it off. I couldn't watch it. I, I kind of just brushed it off. But then I started noticing more and more people were posting about it. So I was like, well, let me take a look and see what this is about because I didn't really know much about it. And normally when people say, oh, I can't watch something like that, I usually try to – I. I was like, oh, they're you know just they're got they're sensitive. They're I can handle it. What these people are just babies. I put it on and um, you're a baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, about ten minutes into it, uh, I almost turned it off. Um, so it starts with a uh, 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 an ER call, call to nine one one about uh, an eight year old boy who's not breathing, and the nine one one operator is given the person on the line instructions about CPR and all this different stuff and then it sort of cuts to a ER nurse who is documenting talking about when the boy arrived and so from there it just goes into her detailing not only them trying to save the boy's life but like all the stuff that was wrong with this kid like it wasn't like it, it, it would I've spent some time in emergency rooms and nurses in ERs, I don't want to say they're they're cold, but it's their job to not really get emotional because they got a job to do. Right. So not to mention, if they got emotional for all that, they wouldn't get any work done. Yeah, and so like to see a, a nurse like break down in the beginning of this documentary when she starts talking about everything she was finding on this boy, all the elements of torture, uh, bruises, cuts. Uh, Cigarette burns. BBs in his body. BBs the, the, from a BB the, the, gun. I the mean, skull fractures what got me. Skull fractures. I mean, it was like, it was unreal. And from then on, you basically find out that this poor boy, Gabriel Fernandez, was living for an eight-month period. After he was born, his mother gave him up, and his family raised him for the first, I guess, seven and a half years of his life, and he was a happy kid. And then his mom shows back up and takes custody back, and... For like an eight-month period, he is basically tortured to death by the mother and her boyfriend to a degree that I can't even... I mean, I told you guys, that, I was like, if y'all try to watch this, it's the worst... It is... I, I finished the entire series. It's six episodes. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's beyond yeah. horrible. I, I, I watched the first episode, and then when it it ended, and, you know, Netflix, you know, the second episode starting, I, I stopped it because I literally said... Why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, it, it's it, it's horrible. It's horrendous. It gets worse and worse. I don't um, I don't consider myself a violent person or having violent tendencies. But like I told Ryan, I was like halfway into the first episode, and I was like, I kind of want to go find these people and tie them up and set them on fire because of like just how they tortured this this boy. Yeah. Um, 
He's I don't know sadistic. how I don't know how mm-hmm. far you got, but there's this one part where um, the medical uh, examiner is talking about. I think it was the autopsy uh, guy was talking about how he had found some like a granular substance on Gabriel's back when he was performing the autopsy, and he was he didn't know what it was. He said it felt like sand to his fingers, but yeah. he couldn't figure out what it was. So then they found a similar substance in his stomach. It was this granular substance, and they they had no idea what it was. They sent it to a lab, and it turns out it was it was kitty litter. He was basically being fed kitty litter by this these sadistic assholes. Like he was basically told to clean the, the kitty litter for this cats that they had, and if he didn't do it right, this asshole guy would throw him into a corner and make him eat cat litter. Yeah. And that's basically all he ate. He was malnourished. They kept him in a in a cubby hole. Handcuffed, bound. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like, and it goes into the dysfunction in the California uh, Child Protective Services system, where so many people like failed to protect this kid. Um, there's an episode. I don't think John. I don't think you've gotten to it yet. Where um, the security worker is at, like, I guess the office where they people go for welfare. He's working there as a, in his job, and he said she came in. The woman with the four kids, three three kids that she has. And she said when they were, you know, he motioned for, it was like 4.30 in the afternoon. He motioned for her, yeah, come on in. You can go in the back and, you know, talk to the lady and get whatever he got. He said he noticed the boy. He had like parts of his hair were pulled out, bruises and stuff. And then he said that he, he immediately was like, oh my God, this kid is, is beaten to shit. He actually said on a scale of one to 10, as far as being beaten to, to a pulp, this kid was a 20. And he said when he was walking past him, the little boy like kind of like m- like rolled up his wrists like I guess he had a shirt on and he saw like the, the the marks of on his wrist that he was being bound he's like this kid was telling me without using words like he's like he didn't understand he's like this his body was screaming he needs help so he talked to the other the worker that was there and the woman was like oh it's like don't say that because I thought that that might have been what was going on here and he's like, yeah. And he's like, that, that's this boy is being abused. We got to do something. And she's like, and she's like, well, uh, I'll call my uh, supervisor. And she calls her supervisor, and her supervisor's response is that because they're about to close at five o'clock, the they're not going to pay for overtime, so they they can't do anything about it. And the guy was like, wait, what? And the lady's like, no, they they told me not to do anything, or you know, I don't want to lose my job and everything. And basically, he convinced her to like conduct a HIPAA violation and she, she gave him the name of the kid and everything. And he tried to make phone calls to people, to the police and everything to try and get something done. And police would show up and because it was, they would rank it in terms of priority calls. So like a kid in distress, non-emergency, I guess they would deem it. It, it kept getting pushed off later in the day. So the police would show up late at night and the mom would come to the door and the police would not go into the house and investigate. They would just take the mother's word for it that the kid's fine and nobody it, it gets it gets horrible into the details of how the system is a complete failure and complete fucked up. But um you know, we we talked about that documentary about don't fuck with cats. And when we were discussing it, I was trying to word it to where people could go watch it because it it is a watchable documentary. I don't know about this one. Um if you don't, I mean, I don't know if many people can handle watching it. It's it's pretty bad. It does not shy away from the photos of the boy. Mm. It shows you everything. Um, the d- district attorney prosecuting, like when the trial is over, I mean, he breaks down in court crying because I, I actually thought about him a lot because to think about that he spent years of his life working on just this case 
And when you find there's more stuff into it, what he had to go through with the police department coming against him, his own police department attacking him for what he was trying to do. I mean, this dude, I don't know how he managed, how he could do that, his job like that. So it's an incredible documentary. If you want to critique it, it's very well made. It's it's yeah. expertly done, but it is a subject, the subject matter. matter is just. It's I don't know if I, I'm. And the funny thing about it is, if you watch it, every episode there's a warning about this episode contains images of child abuse. Maybe upsetting to some viewers. That stays on the screen a good ten to fifteen seconds yeah, every episode. Does. I noticed that the first. Episode. So like they try to make sure you understand. What yeah, you're I mean, about if, to watch. if you got young kids, you know, I, I can't really recommend it. It, it yeah, it, it's it's just yeah, it's just upsetting. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, I, I couldn't finish the Finding Neverland thing, and that's that was a Farley Brothers comedy compared to this. Yeah, I mean. um I mean, there's a line that um, the district attorney says. He's like, there is evil in this courtroom right now. And yeah. these, there's never been a truer statement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is – it's good, but it's hard. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go watch that immediately. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, another show that, that you guys got to watch. This is based off of a movie that I really, really enjoyed, so I'm curious about this. Um, but High Fidelity. So before Glenn goes yeah. into this – Full confession, I was not the biggest fan of the movie High Fidelity. The movie? I, really? I thought it was okay. It's okay to be wrong. But I didn't find any of the characters to be particularly likable. Like, I, I John Cusack's character I thought was kind of a... He was all well, I mean, self-absorbed they're, asshole. They're, they're all kind of... They, in the movie, they say that they're, they're elitists. Yeah. I just... I, I didn't... I, that made me... I don't know. That made me not... It's not like I disliked the movie. It was well made and I, I enjoyed it. I just... John, it's, a, it's a very good adaptation of the novel because I read the novel as well. But this tells about this show. Okay, so this is uh, High Fidelity. It's a ten episode series. Um, it was kind of in the news because originally it was signed to be on Disney Plus, but then as soon as they started making it, it got shifted over to Hulu because it was, that was a, a good call. Yeah, it was a TVMA kind of thing. So this is another adaptation of Nick Hornby's novel High Fidelity. The novel takes place in London. The John Cusack movie, which came out 20 years ago now, that took place in Chicago. This takes place in New York. Probably the biggest change of this adaptation is um, Rob in this is played by Zoe Kravitz, which, if you remember the movie, her mom's in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, and in, fact, in fact, the bar that they hang out at in the show is actually named after her mom's character from, Hot, from the movie. So... Um, she plays uh, Devo. Devo, yeah. yeah. The, the bar they go to is called Devo's. Devo's. Yeah. So, um, anyway, she plays Rob. Um, or LaSalle. Marie LaSalle. Marie LaSalle. Marie LaSalle. Yeah, they go to LaSalle's to drink in this movie, in the show. So, um, she plays a young woman. She owns Championship Vinyl, a used record shop in, in New York in, in, the, in the show. Um, she's got two employees. She's obsessed with top five lists and um, just. It, it's ve- it's a very good adaptation because it's her going through her love life. She's just ended a, a serious relationship. She's trying to figure out why all her relationships have failed. She um, decides to go find her top five exes and talk to them to see why they've broken up with her the whole time while running her record shop and um, just kind of hanging out and talking about music and different things with her two employees, one of which, this was kind of a cool addition, one of which is one of her exes, um, which they basically broke up because he figured out he was gay. 
So she, but then he went and hired, she hired him. Um, the other kind of difference in the in the movie, it was uh, Jack Black and I forget the other actor's name. Um, yeah. uh, he, he was like the babysitter in Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, right? yeah. But uh, in this one, it's um, uh, David Holmes plays Simon, who's the um, the gay guy that she had dated, and the Jack Black character is Sharice, who's played by Divine Randolph, which I believe she was in the Dolomite is my name. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much the the. Uh, just Todd, Todd Luizzo is the guy's name. He okay. was he was Dick. Yeah. Was his name in. Yeah, this it's it's Simon and Charisse. But a, a lot of the characteristics are the same. Charisse puts the little flyer up that, you know, she's a um, a singer looking for a band kind of thing just like Jack Black's character did. Um and Simon's kind of mild-mannered just like uh, Dick was. Um So that's pretty much the premise of the show. Now, I love High Fidelity. Uh, yep. I thought it was a great adaptation. In fact, to that movie's credit, there's a scene... When I read the novel, there was a scene in that that when the, the, the DVD came out, I watched a deleted scene, and I was very confused because I'm like, wait, this was in the movie. And then when I rewatched the movie, I realized it wasn't in the movie. It was in the book, and the movie and the book were so good, I literally pictured the whole scene in my head the way that it was shot for this deleted scene. But... Um, so the show, uh, it's got its ups and downs, in my opinion. Um, the thing that I think is a little distracting is Zoe Kravitz is fantastic in this part, but there are certain scenes in the show where I think you could tell that she watched the movie a lot because there are scenes where she does things that John Cusack did, and she does it so much like he does it's almost distracting. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where when she's, for example, when she's going through her, her breakups, when she, she calls her little kid, the childhood crush from elementary school, and the mom answers the phone and says, tells him, oh, he married his first girlfriend. When she hangs up the phone, she looks at the, at the camera and, you know, she married Kevin kind of thing, just like John Cusack did. There's a scene, like, him, her outside, like a flashback, screaming at... Um, you know, Charlie, you fucking bitch, let's work it out. And it's just so much like like the mannerisms, everything like what John Cusack did. It gets a little distracting. Yeah, that's. I've only seen one episode. Yeah. And, I, and that, I agree with you. Now, the show, I think when it's at its best is when it departs. Yeah, like it doesn't, like, I didn't like how, like, some of the dialogue was the exact same. It, exactly the, the same. Like, even, like I said, her mannerisms. Or like exactly, and same. that famous line that you guys love. Oh, how can it be bullshit to state a preference? Like it just it was it it was off putting because it's such a famous line from the movie. Just throw it in the show. It was like it, it was distracting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. But I will say like it, the the more the show goes on, the more it kind of ventures off, and the as when it ventures off from the exact like stuff from the movie, I think it this is when it where it excels like. Zoe Kravitz is really good. Yeah, and she looks incredible. And I just think it's kind of cool, you know, that her mom was in the movie. And I didn't they, even realize that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, and some of the things they like the liberties they the you know things to do to adapt it to change it to a female character. So a lot of them work, but um, I think if you're a fan of the the, the book and the movie, I definitely check the show out. Just like I said, just it, it gets it's a little distracting at times, but um. It's very well done. <coughs> it's, it's on Hulu. I think it's 10 episodes. 
They're all half hours, so I mean, you could fly through. Oh, that guy from The Office is in it. Plop? He plays Clyde. Plop. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, he's good in it. That's uh, he plays Clyde in the show. Yeah, that's that's a that's a character that wasn't in the um mm. in the in the sh- movie. There was no plop in the movie. <laughs> that's what I take from that. In fact, I just watched uh, an episode that it was about that deleted scene of her going the the divorced couple and she's trying to sell his husband's record collection for twenty dollars and she was played by Parker Posey in the show and it was kind of hilarious. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it especially if you like the um, the source material. Nice. I went to the motion pictures this week with Ovi, who was actually supposed to be here tonight. His wife was, uh, was under the weather, so he was supposed to be coming to talk about this with me. Oh, um, better on <clears throat> Yes, definitely. Uh, there's a show called Impractical Jokers that I don't know if you guys have seen. It's on True TV. I've seen the show. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's pretty funny. It's it's funny. Yeah. It, it's it's four friends like like we would be that yeah. go. They basically have to each do the same kind of practical joke. It's, and, it almost it's it's a similar type thing as Jackass, except there's no stunts in it. Exactly. So I was excited to go see this when I found out it existed because I liked the show and I figured, oh, cool, we'll have some some really like high budget versions of these these jokes, kind of like Jackass. Yeah. Um, so Ovi and I, you know, got together, went to go see it. We're all excited. <clears throat> and the movie starts, and at first I'm like, oh, this is just you know clearly a fun little gag at the beginning. It starts with them playing themselves in the early 90s. Uh, and there's this frame story where basically they go to this Paula Abdul concert and they, they mess things up when they're backstage. <clears throat> um, and then that story sticks around. Like the whole movie has a conceit that they're on their way to Miami to go to a Paula Abdul concert years later and they're going to, to make things right. And on the way, there's only three backstage passes so they have to compete and whoever loses doesn't get to... So it takes me kind of out of it there. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's enough. You know, I can deal with that as long as the, the gags are funny. <clears throat> and they are. So there's a lot of, of, uh, of funny little bits in it. There are not enough of them, though. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the thing. I wanted to go in there seeing a movie that I would then take Crying Ryan Shano to. Because I've would... never seen this thing. Yeah. Like this show. Um, I'd say it's, it's kind of like a cross between Jackass and Punked. Yeah. Yeah, they do this thing where they go to Washington and uh, they have to carry around in uh, an urn, and they're basically there to spread the ashes on the the reflecting pool, and they have to to read the the eulogy to someone that one of the other per- people have written for them, and if the person says they should keep doing it, then they win the challenge, and they're just awfully written things one of them is like grandma you bitch we all knew you almost sounds like something Sasha Baron Cohen would do to a degree and it when they do these gags it sometimes works very very well um in this particular instance though it, it there's just not enough of it like the the, the parts are funny where it, it has a little story to it but it's too much of that and not enough of the thing that you're supposed to be going not enough practical jokes um so with that in mind like I got to the end of it and I, I kind of you know was like okay well you know we didn't pay for it um, but Ovi was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of good. And I'm like, I don't know. And I started talking about the frame story, and he was like, yeah, that was kind of weird. Does Ovi dislike anything? Ovi's pretty agreeable. That's what I, you know, I was telling someone, if, if Ovi doesn't like you, then that's a sure sign that, you know, something's massively off. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, this movie, if I had to rate it, it's one of those wait for it to come out on video. If you it's not, it's not it. worth the price of admission. It's not worth the price of admission, definitely. I'd, I'd give it a five because the gags are, are funny that are in it, but yeah. it's so, just it's not worth going so to the So if you catch it on cable or something. Yeah, when it eventually goes on True TV with the rest of them. 
there's a, actually a joke in it that took them several years to pay off, and it, it's kind of crazy. Like that, the guy thought that far ahead to actually have this pay off. So that's all I'm gonna say about that one. But so you know, he gave it a five. You know what that means? It's on the borderline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're a massive Impractical Jokers fan, go ahead and see it. <clears throat> Reach that Papa don't preach for us. I tuned that. <laughs> Onward to the next Eddie movie, <laughs> Mr. Blue. You guys got to go see the new Pixar movie. I, I didn't go see it because, Onward. in full disclosure, I thought it looked terrible. I didn't. Re- I wasn't really grabbed by the trailer for it either. But I feel like, and I, I told him this when we came out. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm never really excited about any Pixar movie when they come out, and then I watch them, and they're wonderful. There's a there. There have been a few I haven't been excited yeah. about that I like, but there I mean, are I'm, a lot I'm of excited them. Excited about like the Toy Story movies after the first one came out. But then, like, like I was legitimately psyched for the Incredibles, both of them. Monsters uh, Inc. I was Monsters Inc. The Finding Nemo, um, Wally. I was really psyched to see what they were gonna do with that, but like I wasn't psyched to see Brave or. That kind of and the good dinosaur, which I never saw, but uh, yeah, this one though, like the story just seemed kind of weird and dark, and I don't know. I just I was like, I don't, I'm not interested. It really wasn't dark. Huh? No, no, not really. You want to bring us to the plot then? Yeah, so it takes place in a world where all the mythological creatures and things like that are all they all actually exist, but they lived in a time a long time ago where magic was necessary to make fire and stuff like that, but. Through time, as we did, you know, people just figured out how to do these things and make their lives easier without using magic. So there's all these mythological creatures, and none of them use the magic anymore. So they just kind of live just kind of regular everyday lives. And uh, the main character, um, voiced by Tom Holland, was it Ian? Ian. Um, he's uh, the, the Lightfoots. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's 16 years old. He's an elf. He's got an older brother named Barley. Barley. Voiced by Chris Pratt. That's a who's good name. Hilarious. Barley Lightfoot. And um his their his mom father, is Laurel. Yeah. And their mom is voiced by Julie Louis Dreyfus. Right. If I have two more kids, one of them will be Barley. Barley? Barley. The other one will be Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Constantine has stepped down. No, he'll be I'm in the wrong. Room. Constantine will be the first one, then Barley. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I like that name Barley. Barley. <laughs> that's like that's like the name of everybody's best friend, Barley. And which the way Chris Pratt played this guy, <laughs> yeah, you, you just described him. You just described him. him exactly. Well, the the writers are geniuses. But he's anyway. He's he's sixteen years old. Ian is sixteen years old. Barley's a little bit older. And it's and, his birthday. Right? And it's his sixteenth birthday. And you, you come to find that his father passed away either when I think it was before he was born, right? Or was it, it seemed when like he was, a, he was either he was either like an infant or before he was born. The I father think it, passed away. Yeah, I think it was when the mom was pregnant because when the, the they were showing the progression of photos, the dad wasn't in. The dad before. wasn't in when yeah. he was baby. And uh, and and Barley has a few like few memories of of his dad when he was really little, but anyway. Um, the mother brings out this present that he wasn't. That she wasn't supposed to give to them until the youngest one reached the age of sixteen, and it's this wizard staff. And Barley is huge into like all the like Dungeons and Dragons. like Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. But he says all the stuff in Dungeons and Dragons is based on real like historical like you know magic and stuff that they used to have in this world. And it turns out when Ian picks up the staff, he's got some sort of some powers. And there's a, a, a spell that they have where you can bring a loved one back for a 24-hour period. And so he tries to cast the spell, and something happens, and the little stone falls out of the thing. So he kind of only half-ass does it. And the dad's, like, it starts call, the, the dad starts what appearing from the feet from up. From the feet up. And it just stops at his waist. So they've got, like, the dad's legs are there. And they're, like, he's walking around with him. And they have to go on this this quest 
to try to, to, to yeah. try to find this other like stone that they can use in this thing it was to bring a, it back was their a phoenix, though, and they yeah. have to do it within the twenty four hours because that's as long as the spell will last, so they can finish bringing their dad back, so they can just have a day with him. I was supposed. Why would you do it? Just for twenty four hours. That's, that's, that's what the spell that, was. Yeah, the spell that the it, dad, wasn't, it wasn't like something that he made up. It yeah. was just like it was something that the spell the, and it only brings him back for right. twenty four. The dad hours. left him the spell where it would bring him back for a day. Yeah. So they they had this twenty four hour period to get the top half back. Yeah. And they just go on this this quest, and it's it was delightful. It was wonderful. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's a lot like I mean the the bonding the the, the chemistry between Tom Holland and Chris Pratt yeah. is unbelievable. Like and I, you would believe these two guys are. Both. I saw something that was, before we went saw the movie. I was watching something and they were talking. And uh, Tom Holland said, uh, "You know, they cast him in the role first, whatever." And he's like, and all of a sudden, I just one day, I just got a phone call from Chris Pratt, and when I picked up the phone, he just went, "I'm your brother." But it's funny because yeah, they, they they go on their little quest, and then the mom, Laurel, her, and um, the Manticore, the Manticore, which or, is a character voiced by Octavia Spencer, they kind of have their own quest trying mm-hmm. to. Um, to help the boys, but um, see, I liked it. Yeah, it. I liked it a lot. I kind of got really emotional yeah. towards the end. Like c- certain Pixar movies, they do that thing where they just kind of. Yeah, Coco, they, Coco was yeah. big on that one. Yeah, but I mean, Mexico there's a scene. Washes. I'm not going to give it away, but there's just there's a scene with kind of Tom Holland's character when he I don't know he comes to this realization. Yeah, and I, I, I teared up a little. Yeah, I didn't say it was it was it was very emotional. Yeah, it was good. You should bring bring your kids. Well, bring Ethan a good. It's fun. It's it's a fun adventure movie. Yeah. Um, the the I mean the plot's easy to follow. This is great. They got, they got this group of pixies that are like basically like they're in a biker gang like Sons of Anarchy, but they're little pixies <laughs> and they just keep trying to fight everybody all the time. I mean, there's some funny gags funny. like with the unicorn. Like yeah. the, the unicorns are almost like raccoons in this world yeah. where they keep finding them eating them on the garbage can. And, and then, then they just like they just like hiss at people and run off. Yeah. I need something to watch after the trials of Gabriel. Fernandez. Yeah, it's, watch, watch this. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. Take, take Ethan to go see it one afternoon or something. And then like Chris Pratt's character, he's got this van that reminded me of the van from um, was it Fanboys? Fanboys. Yeah. Where he's got the you know it's all painted and he's was it Guinevere? Is his yeah. van's name? Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. I really like this. Yeah, movie. I did too. I'd give it an eight. I think I'd give it an eight and a quarter, eight point two five. I wish it would have done better, but apparently a lot of yeah, people like, aren't going to the movies because of this coronavirus. I also think it, like, I mean, not to say that I'm in tune with everything, but I, I, I think not? I'm not trying to say I'm right. I'm just simply saying the marketing for this movie, the trailers and stuff, were not very good. I think that affected the box office. I will say that the, it, the movie was a lot better than the trailers let it on. Yep. But, well, um, speaking of trailers, have you guys seen the second trailer for Mulan? Yes. It's terrible. Which one am I thinking oh, of? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, if the, it's the, the acti- like there's actually dialogue and stuff from the movie, and the acting seems cheesy. And I think I saw it in front of uh, The Invisible Man. It was terrible. Like the, I've never seen a trailer go from being really good with the you know the uh, the music from the original in it and everything, yeah. and then this trailer was awful. Because I saw. Something on the TV, like a, it was like an extended TV spot, and I thought it looked really good. This yeah. no, this, this was like a new trailer, and it was it included like dialogue from the movie and stuff, um, and I thought it was like awful. Like I've never seen a, a movie go with a, a great trailer and then come out with another one that would look bad. So I'm actually worried about this movie now. I'm I'm more worried about people like because I think Disney's betting on it doing phenomenal in China, and well now that's a problem. China's yeah. closed, man. Yeah, which I mean, we also just had to deal with uh, our. We were all looking forward to seeing. Well, Brian wasn't. Three of us were looking forward to seeing uh, No, no time, time to, to Die, die. next I, month. I, 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 all right. I mean, 
I am not a big fan of Daniel Craig as James Bond, but I don't. The movies are pretty good. I didn't like Quantum of Solace too much. That was probably my least favorite. That's my least favorite of his movies. Have you rewatched that one, sir? I a little bit. I don't. I need to. But it's my least favorite. I, I, I rewatched it pretty recently, I, and I, I, it was better than I remember. I was planning on on binging all of his again because I've only seen them all. I think once. I've seen Casino Royale a bunch of times, and that's my problem. Like Casino Royale is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, but it just didn't. So Skyfall. Yeah, that was a good movie too. It just doesn't scream Bond because there's no humor. There's not much humor in it. That's just my own. I mean, that's my old. I've been screaming that since Daniel but, Craig but, took over. I know, but Daniel Craig. I just think he's he's doing what Timothy Dalton tried to do, but his movies are way better than Timothy Dalton. That's yeah. a very good way to put it. Yeah, you're probably right with that because they just went back to original Fleming. Yeah, I, I missed the comedy. That's just me. Shocking. <laughs> Mish money penny. So yeah, but anyway, on the way it's to coming November, out in November, November now. Instead of, now. Instead of I heard it's cost them the studio like thirty million dollars to push I, this back. But apparently, they did some research and saw how much they were gonna lose lose by you know all of Asia being closed pretty much, and it was this was the less lesser thing. To I mean, who's to say it's gonna get better Asia, by then? You know? Hopefully, they don't close the state of Florida. That's right. I, you know, they, they don't close the state of Florida. <laughs> you don't close the state of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> because the country of China is closed right now. Italy now too. Yeah, they closed Italy. And what? Um, South Korea, I think. North Korea has always been closed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> Japan. There's, there's no welcome mat there. <laughs> Japan's very close. Like I know they close a lot of schools. They're closed not. for business. True that player. Um, so in honor of this this Pixar phenomenon, uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to do a, a tournament, but we're going to put a twist on it. Yeah. Normally we just do like your favorites. Yeah. You know, we, we make it. So we're in the in the Pixar kind of genre here. We're we're gonna make a bracket of our of the best villains from Pixar. Yeah, and I kind of like this idea because the original Disney villains are a lot easier yeah. to. But Pixar villains are much more layered and They're complicated. Complex, yeah. yeah. So this well, will be. Yeah, so I think Pixar I just, movies are a little more. Yeah. I just want to point out. I, I looked to the side of the bracket, and from this angle. With your hand, I, I look like that's a Chick Fil A. That's Chick Hicks. All right, I just just making sure, but it looks like Chick Fil A from this. I didn't. I was like, man, Ryan's. Chick Fil A would only be a villain if we did a bracket for people who don't like gay people. There you go. Or if well, you're if you're really hungry for a chicken sandwich on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. All right, so uh, battle number one. Are you? I just want to. Um, I guess. We, how we, we going to do this? Should we name all the things first? Or? Name. Well, no. We can just each each bracket. We'll explain who each. Okay, one is. Yeah, that'll work. I that'll guess work. in our criteria, I guess we'll just whoever the the evil who was the most evil. I guess is, the is, most evil. Or just who did we think was the better character of a villain? I mean. So what are we going by? Better character or the most villain? So we're not going about like who would win in a fight of these two characters. No. We're thinking who's no because I think who was a better. Who was just a, a better, better antagonist? Okay. A better antagonist. I mean, like some villains are cars. Some of them are little children. That's true. <laughs> little children. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between a car and a child? And a stuffed bear. <laughs> and that's, yeah. All right. So first, and one, here we go. First battle is an insect. <laughs> Hopper versus, which is from Bugs Life, and Munts. Charles Munts from Up. All right. So we have Hopper, who's a he's a grasshopper. A grasshopper. Voice by Ke- Kevin Spacey. I mean. You got some villain on it right there. Yeah, some, but to me, my initial thoughts is and easily Munt, I'm voting Hopper because this this son of a bitch had a, a ring of. Well, well, let's explain who Munts was. Munts was the explorer from um, Up who 
Christopher so, Plummer. Yeah, the most of the movie, you seem like he's a he's a good guy. You, you think that's you think he's a you know well, you he's, he's like the guy's idol, right? and, and you, you think know. he's dead, right? Like he's been he's vanished. But then when he finds uh, what what was it? Oh, the the dodo thing. What they call him? They named him something. The, um, the bird. Yeah, I can't remember. There was a Kevin. Kevin the bird. They named him Kevin. <laughs> you know, they were trying to save Kevin, and Charles Muntz just wanted to capture him so he could prove he wasn't crazy. Like Pete Postlewaite in The Lost World. <laughs> he just wanted to kill a T-Rex. <laughs> a male. A buck. <laughs> which is, which is exactly what Buffalo Bill kind of wanted to do in the newest Jurassic Park movie. Uh, you, th- you think anyone's ever compared The Lost World to Up before? Never. That's what we do here. We a break great ground. big fat dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so Hopper had this little scheme where he had all these goddamn ants doing all his bidding for him, and they just sh- fly in and take all the food and fly off. <laughs> I mean, the son of a bitch was, it was like his... it was like he had like a, a protection racket. Going yeah, it was like yeah. a fucking mafia. So yeah. I'm I'm voting Hopper. 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 Yeah, I, he was a good villain. All right, he was like the Providence guys in the Departed. <laughs> 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 All right, Randall from Monsters Inc. versus Mordu, which is the the demonic bear thing from Brave. Brave. Randall, Randall, hands down, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he, he was a good villain. All right, so but really, oh, I'm trying to. He's supposed. Yeah, I'm was he to, villainous or was he just trying to do his job? Oh, he, <laughs> you know what? You, you're no, he was a villain. But he was he was supposed to scare kids. That was he was his, trying right, to, but then he was trying to kill them while well, he was doing it. Was he trying to kill them? Yeah. Okay, maybe a little. And he was trying to he was trying to just like make Boo disappear. Like he was like he was trying working for his boss. He was, he was trying, trying to, to game the system. Yeah. Damn it. All right. I mean, I don't really remember much layers about the killer bear. I mean, the bear, it was just it was a monster. It was um it was you you find that that it was uh, um it was a human that got turned into a bear and the way the spell worked where if you stayed a bear for so long, you physically and mentally became this creature. So it was this just demonic bear that was. So that's a that, pretty one-dimensional villain here. This is yeah. It was. I mean, it was a demonic bear. I mean, it was scary. Plus, scar- plus Randall is Steve Buscemi. I, I will say Mordu's probably the scarier of the two villains. Do you think that the, that maybe that's what happened to the Charmin bears? They were humans that turned into well, his hiney's clean. His hiney's clean. <laughs> there you go. All right, so I got two Charmin votes for Randall. When did you vote? No, um, like I said, I think Mordu's probably the scarier of the two, but. I'm actually going to vote Mordu because it's a fucking killer bear. You know, I was I was leaning more towards Mordu just because... All right, so we'll do the, the thing where they both move on. Yeah, that's fine. And then we'll do a triple threat in the next round. All right. Um, <laughs> the autopilot from Wally versus the stone dragon from uh, the, the shit. From Onward. So um, obviously I didn't see uh, Onward, nor, nor so did I. I'm going to vote the autopilot. Autopilot it is. I, I'm gonna say I think I would actually go with autopilot just because yeah. Stone Dragon. It I mean it's it's kind of a cool looking the way they animated it. But it's it's a it's a it's a mindless it's, it's a mindless a, it's a mindless like, monster creature. Yeah. Okay. Where autopilot was very obviously based on Hal from yeah. 2001. So okay. Um, Syndrome from Incredibles was that part one? Part yeah. one. Yeah. By, voiced by Jason Lee. That's right. And Gabby Gabby from Toy Story 4. Voiced by Christina. Syndrome. Sy- syndrome. Yeah, because, I mean, Gabby Ga- Gabby is she creepy, but then she turns, she's not really a villain. She just wants she, to be loved. She's misunderstood. Yeah. Is that so wrong? She's the Harvey Firestein of Toy Story 4. Yeah. Oh, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Harvey Firestein. <laughs> I don't <Chef>. know. <laughs> 
Chef Skinner Got it warm from, my lawyer. from Ratatouille and the Screen Slaver. From Incredibles 2. From Incredibles 2. These are both good villains. I never saw Incredibles 2, so I guess I gotta go with I've Chef. seen neither of those movies, honestly. Well, then you don't Alright, well, let's explain them to Greg here. Well, so, um, Chef, um, what was his name again? Chef, Chef Skinner. Chef Skinner. He's, um... Uh, He's got kind of a little man complex. He's yeah, a, and he's just hell bent on stealing recipes. Right, and when he oh, what an asshole! And then when he finds that they're, which I mean, I guess you can't really fault him when he finds there are rats in his kitchen. He's trying to destroy them with. Yeah, I love how they make it seem like he's wrong for trying to kill yeah. rats out of his kitchen. But <laughs> but yeah, but the, he's trying to, and uh, he's operating this fine like French restaurant, and he wants to kind of basically turn these these recipes into Chef Boyardee kind of frozen dinners. Um, the Screen Slaver is from Incredibles 2, and it's this character which I won't reveal who's behind it because it's kind of a spoiler and it's kind of a twist. But um, she, they invent this technology that basically hypnotizes the heroes, and they're you. She's uh, controlling the um, the superpowered heroes and making them seem like they're villainous to convince the the government that they're bad and the superhero should be outlawed. Yeah, so the screen slaver is much more complicated, but I swear to God, like as soon as I looked at this, Chef Skinner stood out to me as an asshole mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, I mean the way they animate him. Yeah, the way they animated him and just his whole, like, I don't know, the way he just doesn't respect the... Ling- I, I, Linguini. Fuck that guy. I'm voting Chef Skinner. And he's kind of a misogynist towards was the Janine Garofalo character yeah. because she's a woman. He doesn't want her in his kitchen. That's right. So I got one vote for him. Who else? Skinner. Skinner. Glenn. I think I'm actually going to go with the screen slaver. Greg, are you voting or not? I mean, I'll, I'll vote for everything you've told me. The Skinner one sounds like the okay. way to go. All right, so Skinner moves on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lotso Huggin' Bear from Toy Story 3. Smells He's, like strawberry. Thank you for adding that because I was going to. And Chick Hicks. From Cars. Cars. He was the... Lots of hugging Lots of, yeah. So, yeah. so Chick Hicks, voiced by Michael Keaton. He's not really in a lot of the movie. He's only in the very beginning he's, and the very end. He's Lightning McQueen's main rival. Yeah, and he crashes the old race car and... On purpose. On purpose, and wins the race. And, well, Lightning McQueen could have won, but he went back and saved the car at the end, so... Right. He's just... Uh, he just wants to win. <laughs> All he does is win, 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 no so matter what... what. Lotso is a much more evil son of a oh, bitch. Oh, Lotso is one of the most evil villains of in screen history. Isn't it? All right, so Lotso moves on, even though he sounds like strawberries. Um, Sid from the original Toy Story versus Johnny Worthington. Who the fuck is Johnny Worthington? That one was from. I don't even remember who what that is. Which means that Sid would get the vote. I can't believe yeah. I don't. Johnny Worthington. We just talked about it. I mean, I can't, I can't remember what movie it was. There you go, forgettable. That's um. I feel like we failed our audience. We have. Well, the, tell describe the characters. The, the the one you remember. Well, Sid is a demented little. Oh, boy. that's Monsters University, played by Nathan. Oh, Philly. Nathan Philly. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Sid is the demented next door neighbor of uh, Andy, who likes to torture kids. I'm not a kids. Well, he might. I don't know. But he likes to blow up toys. But um, is he really a villain, or is is or his parents the villain for raising this little? Boss? I don't. His parents, you know. Well, and I, then when you the later movies, he's kind of a tragic story when he turns out to just be, to be the pizza boy when they're older. And it's just like this. 
This kid didn't have a shot. Wait, when's he a pizza man? He's a garbage man. The garbage man, not a pizza boy. He's a garbage man. And the third one, when like Andy's getting ready to go to college, I don't remember. Sid's that. like the garbage man. Yeah, they make a good living though. <laughs> I mean, they do. There's always going to be garbage. Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, considering the fact he blew up a combat Carl, he was going to blow up Woody. So I mean, you got this kid who's kind of a, I guess kind of kind of a bully, but he just you know messes you know he just likes to destroy toys, and then you got. The guy from Monsters University, who's like the classic frat guy bully. I, I, I'm gonna vote Sid. Yeah, I'd probably go with Sid's a little more memorable. He couldn't even remember. Yeah, this yeah, guy. Sid. All right. Last first round battle: Stinky Pete from, <laughs> from Toy Story Two, voiced by Kelsey Grammer, and Ernesto from Coco. Ooh, I gotta go. go. I gotta I go. go Ernesto. Ernesto. Yeah. Ernesto. Wow, well, I, I, by Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. So I've when, never Ernesto De La Cruz. I've never yeah. seen Coco. Oh, Coco's really so good. So I'll vote Stinky Pete, but Ernesto moves on. That's Ernesto's a very good villain. All right, because right. he's another one where kind of like the up character, where the whole time you think you you know this is the the best guy ever. Yeah. All right, Chef Skinner from Ratatouille versus the autopilot from Wally. Skinner. I'm gonna go with the autopilot. That, oh, that, that's a tough one. That's like you know. I have to go with the autopilot because it's the one I've seen. I'll go with the autopilot. All right, autopilot. All right. Lotso Hugginvare versus Syndrome. Lotso oh. Hugginvare. Yeah, Lotso. I mean, Syndrome was a yeah, he was like a super villain, but I mean, Lotso. Lotso was just more intentional. Intentional, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lotso too. Because even when like Woody tried to save him, the son of a bitch still turned on Woody and tried to kill him. Yeah. Um, I'll go with Syndrome just so he doesn't get swept, but I have no problem with All right. Lots of moving on. Hopper from Bugs Life versus Sid from Toy Story. Hopper. Hopper. I agree. Mm-hmm. He, there's nothing misunderstood about Hopper. He's the, like, he's, he's the mafia. All right, so this is our triple threat second round battle. Randall from Monsters, Inc., Mordu from Brave. Brave and Ernesto from Ernesto. Coco. Ernesto without even yeah. question. Jesus. Uh, I'll go with Randall, I guess, but Ernesto. Ben, who knew Benjamin I need to see Coco. could be so evil? Coco was Coco. I'm, I'm going to warn you. I wanted to see it. I just, it's going to get you emotional. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just went through the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. I'll be all right. All right, so we got the final four. Uh, Ernesto versus the autopilot from Wally. I think I'd go with Ernesto, Ernesto, honestly. Ernesto. Jesus, I'm going to go with autopilot because I've never seen Coco. Ernesto. All right. Hopper versus Lotso Bear. These are two I'm evil. Gonna go, I'm going to go I'm with still, I'm, Lotso. I'm, I'm going Hopper. I don't think I was going to go with Hopper. All right, so here we go. We got our championship. It's a triple threat championship to find out Pixar's biggest villain. And it is going to be between Ernesto from they Coco. Lotso Huggin' Bear from Toy Story 3 and Hopper from A Bug's Life. I am going to go... I gotta go with Hopper. And A Bug's Life is one of my least favorite Toy Story Honestly, movies. Honestly, without... Like, this is easy for me. I gotta go with Ernesto. Wow. I also have to go with Ernesto. I was gonna say Lotso, but that's two for Ernesto. So that's it. I can't believe this. Ernesto De La Cruz. The, the greatest villain in Pixar film history. And if you haven't seen Coco, you gotta watch it. It's yeah. very it's, good. Honestly, it's one of... I'd it's one of my it, favorites. I'd put it in my top three probably Pixar yeah. movies. I'm going to have to watch it tonight. The hell I got to do. Remember yeah. me. Um, speaking of remember me, we actually have to remember someone who just passed away today. 
Uh, we're recording this on Monday, and Max von Sydow. It's been reported that he passed away. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, he looked the same since 1977. Yeah. Can, can you believe he was he, he was 90, right? Yeah. So he was younger than Lipton. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, look at him in The Exorcist and look at him in Minority Report. He looks he exactly, exactly the, the same. same. I mean, look at him in The Exorcist and look at him in, in Star Wars. Lord Santaka. Yeah. And do you all know he was the voice of um, Lord Vigo in Ghostbusters 2? Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the guy that got to play him spoke no English. Yeah. Command me, Lord. That guy was just a... He was like one of the henchmen in Die Hard. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of a thing, a thing I've seen him in that I did not enjoy. He's at least legend. him in. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm trying to think of, like... I mean, recently, he, he's been in some... What was it, Game of Thrones? He, yeah, he was the Three-Eyed Raven, right? Yeah. Yeah. The recast Three-Eyed Raven. He's just got this way with his... I don't know if it's just his voice... And the way he delivers his lines, it's just such a... He was in Flash Gordon. He's, a, he's got a commanding presence. He was Ming. Yeah, he Ming, was Ming. He was Ming the Merciless. And he was. He was very merciless. And remember, he, this this wasn't a very good movie, but remember him in that extremely loud and incredibly close? He yes. was like the mute. He was mm-hmm. really good in that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, acting legend. He was in a movie called Branded. It was not the TV show. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh, he, I, I forgot yeah, I he played Walter Loxley in uh, in Robin Hood. Yeah, the, the Russell Crowe one. Yeah. Shutter Island. Yeah. I didn't like Shutter Island. It was all right. I didn't. I wasn't a massive fan of it. He yeah. was really good in Minority Report. He oh, was. Yeah. Oh God, that's one of my favorite movies. The Tracker and What Dreams May Come and The Afterlife. I mean, yeah. to me, I'll always remember him from The Exorcist. I just thought that was. I mean, not, not Snow Falling on Cedars or Judge yeah. Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, God, I forgot he was in there. He was the one who convicts <laughs> him. Right. He played Sigmund Freud in an episode of The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> I love how John oh, just wow. forgot. I am the love. I am the love. <laughs> so rest in peace, Max. Definitely. Yeah. Good good actor. And now it is time to nominate this week's Awesome Villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? Even though I wasn't the biggest fan of the, the Hulu show um, High Fidelity, I thought Zoe Kravitz was beautiful and amazing in it. Um, and I only watched one episode, so... You know, it's it could be a little premature for me to say I didn't like it, because the the Glenn rule of three. So uh, I'm gonna and you know Glenn told me he, gets, he says it gets better, so I'm gonna give it another try. Well, it gets it it, it gets a little different from the book eventually, so okay. or the movie I should say. So uh, I'm gonna go with Zoe Kravitz. We didn't really talk about um, Picard this week, but um, I'm gonna nominate Jonathan Frakes. He played Will Riker on the Next Generation. He was and, in this episode. Did, yes, and did he? Did he, did he, did he what the f- hell was that? Something on, on, on my thing it, popped up it, it, unintentionally. It made me tear up when he showed up. Just the reunion between. Why did he mount a chair? He did not. He did That's not. oddly enough, he didn't. He sit stood down. a lot. He did stand a lot. And he, he made he, pizza. He made pizza. But he's getting older. He probably can't do it anymore. Yeah, but um, he directed two episodes earlier in the in the in the season, and I think you can kind of tell from Patrick Stewart's performance how comfortable he is being directed by Jonathan Franks because those are the two of the better episodes. I mean, he's gotten a, a pretty impressive resume of just being behind the camera. Um, apparently, he hadn't acted in many years and was very intimidated when they asked him to come back and play Will Riker. But just the kind of the compassion he showed was a, little, a different side of of, of of Will Riker and. I don't know. It really got me emotional, so that's why I'm going with uh, Jonathan Frakes. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Alex <coughs> Quebec. He uh, recently, 
made it a year uh, past his, his initial announcement about him having cancer. He beat a, a survival rate of about 18% of people with stage four pancreatic cancer would survive this long. So it's kind of a testament, the fact that he's been on the show and he's, he's kind of publicly went through this battle. Um, you know, he, he's, he's someone that I, I, I think of, of days off of school watching Jeopardy with. And mm-hmm. uh, to have the, a man be that brave and, and you know, I, I, I would miss him were he gone. You know, when, when Felicity sees him, she calls him Alec Jeppy. Oh. <laughs> I would nominate uh, Chris Pratt this week just because he... He kind of stole the movie a little bit. His character in uh, in uh, in Onward, and he's just so much fun. Every everything he's in, he just has a great energy to it. Yeah, I, you know, I saw some interview and they asked him and Tom Holland. You know, if you had the staff, who would you bring back for one day? And Chris Pratt said, "I'd bring my dad back because he never got to see me in Guardians of the Galaxy." Oh, oh wow! So, so he's like, "That's what we would do. I'd bring my dad back and we'd watch Guardians of the Galaxy." And I was like, "No, oh, that's that's kind of sweet." Yeah. If you had to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? Trebek. Chris Pratt. I would also go Chris Pratt. And I would have gone with Zoe Kravitz. Chris Pratt. Has he ever been nope, before? No, he oh, has not. Interesting. I thought he's been nominated though, right? Please come hang out. I actually don't remember yeah. him being nominated before. He might, I don't know. Um, I do know that he does love our, our sportsman uh, sportsman paradise here. He loves like fishing and yeah. And he went to like the tarpon rodeo. The, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, we, we can go fishing with you, dude. Definitely. Oh yeah, I'll call my dad up. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, in the Ram Charger. <laughs> yeah, and... the Ram Charger. So yeah, uh, it's been another fun week here, guys. Uh, please remember to subscribe to this podcast on uh, iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Give us feedback as to which you'd like to see on the show. Did we decide correctly? We did for the best Pixar villain, and uh, give us some some ideas for what we can do in the future. Uh, We'll be back next week. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. We'll see you next week. Mm